welcome to you all over the map, where we cover our favorite sports teams, sports media, and the world of broadcasting. With your host, Ali Good evening. Welcome back to the all over the map studio here on Monday, May 29th, 2023. I am your host, Ali Musa, welcoming you to the all over the map uh, studio here. And it is a pleasure to have you on board with me, with us tonight, or today, or whenever you're listening to this show. Uh, coming up, we have Mike Torquia. Torch is visiting all over the map, the all over the map studio here. To talk about now, he's actually a former athlete. So he will have a bunch of different stories to share and a bunch of things to talk about here. I I know he played in the OHL, Ontario Hockey League. And we will get into all of that coming up. And just to run down the schedule here. On Thursday, June 1st, we have Cam Jenkins from the Neutral Zone coming in. And then we will also, on June 5th, have Simon Bennett next Monday from City News 680. And uh, City News, and he also does sports reports on City News 570 and uh, City News Ottawa as well as the play-by-play. Uh, -play. He's the PA announcer for the Toronto Marlies. I do want to give Spicy Techie a plug here. For those of you listening to that, and you know what? Check that out too. Okay, so if you're listening to all over the map, please also check out Spicy Techie. That's S-P-I-C-Y space T-E-C-H-Y. Available wherever you find your podcasts. We have Stephen Scott from Double Tap dropping by on Friday. And then Lynn Kennedy on Sunday, June 4th. Uh, Friday, June 2nd, that is for Stephen. And then on Sunday, June 11th, we will have... Michael Babcock in. We will now take a quick break. And it will be very interesting to see what turns out here. Before we take a break, I do want to congratulate the Jays for taking two out of three from the uh, Twins. After being on that slide... And then, um, now, Kyle Dubas, that is an interesting situation. Uh, according to uh, Elliot Friedman, he mentioned on the uh, 32 Thoughts podcast, check that out wherever you find your podcast, too. 
Shout out to you, Elliot. I hope you're listening. And if you'd like to come on, please, please reach out. Send me an email. ETOMpodcast819 at gmail.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at ETOMpodcast819. Uh, he mentioned that the Penguins are have expressed some great interest in Dubas. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. And we will take a commercial break and come back with Torch. Mike Torquia will be here. You are listening to All Over the Map. Listen to Sienna T Radio, because that is where it's at, baby. And it goes a little something like this. Listen to Sienna. You're gonna like it. Check it out. Sienna has the best songs, the best vibes from around the world. Tune in now, or you're missing out. We are back. Welcome to all back to all over the map. On the day of this recording, it is Monday, May 29th, 2023. I am your host for this show, Ali Musa, and it's a pleasure to have you in studio with us today. Joining me, or whatever you're listening, by the way, it's a podcast. Uh, joining me is Mike Torquia. Mike is actually, he spent um, time as Mike is a former athlete. He played uh, in the OHL and a broadcast and a former broadcaster. Mike, I want to take this opportunity to welcome you to all over the map. I really appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I've been looking forward to having you. You know, when I, um, uh, when I, um, you know, when I, when I saw you uh, came up in my uh, in my feeds there, I said, you know, I remember you. I used to listen to you uh, on the Kitchener Ranger Games um, broadcast with uh, with Mike Farwell there. I think it was the Mike and Mike version of that. And, um, you know, and I said, you know what, I'd, I'd like to get you on here on the show. Yeah, we definitely had uh, two versions of the Mike and Mike show. We started... Uh... We started together on TV on Rogers Cable 20, and uh, it was the Mike and Mike show then. And then uh, Mike left the TV side of it and joined Don Cameron on the radio. And uh, when Don Cameron retired, he called me up. He was the first. I was the first person he called up and said, "Hey, you want to come join me on the radio?" And uh, I think we did two, maybe three years on the radio together. And then I remembered how much I hate riding the bus and. Uh, that was the end of my radio career. <laughs> you start by yeah, interesting. Time. How can you start by uh, tell us a little bit about tell us a little bit about your upbringing, please? Um, you know what I uh, I'm born and raised in Toronto. Grew up in Toronto. 
Uh, moved here when I was, I guess, uh, 15, turning 16 to play for the Kitchener Rangers. And uh, from there, uh, it was uh, it was love at first sight when I came to Kitchener. I loved the town, loved the people here. Um, you know, ended up meeting a lot of great people here and uh, settled down here eventually with my family. That's uh, that's certainly awesome. And so, um, so you're you're so you're still a sports uh, you're still a sports guy then. Oh, uh, you know what? I, I don't think there's a day that goes by where I'm not uh, I'm not a sports guy. Uh, even at work, I get asked about sports all the time, so it's great. You know, after playing, uh, I played uh, 13 years of pro hockey and then uh, settled back into the neighborhood here. And uh, you know, it was like you don't miss a beat and. Uh, the people here have been great and it was kind of a natural fit to come back in and uh, Rogers 20 was looking for someone to work on the TV side with Mike Farwell and they called me and uh, you know we had a great producer there and Chris Schooley and uh, really helped me a lot him and Mike uh, but mostly Mike you know just told me to do what I do best he goes talk about hockey and enjoy it and uh, it was probably the best advice I got from anyone. See, I think it's the same in terms of any, I think it's the same in terms of anything. I think it's the same with, with this show too. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to, have you had a chance to listen to some of the stuff we've done here on all over the map? Uh, a little bit. Yes. So what have you, what have you checked out? Uh, a couple of your old interviews. I did. I listened to the one with Mike Farwell on it the last time and uh, uh, TSN guy you had on a couple of weeks ago, uh, drawing a blank right now. The TSN guy? TSN or Sportsnet. Uh, a couple uh, weeks ago? Oh, uh, Jim Lang? Jim Lang, thank you. Jim Lang? Yeah, Jim Lang. Yeah. yeah. It was either him or Dave Trafford. He was the one before Dave Trafford. Yeah, I, I heard the Jim Lang one because I really like Jim and uh, love his old work. So he's a guy I grew up listening to. And, uh, you know, so to hear him was uh, fun for me. Yeah. And um, yeah. And um, see, like, I think for me, it's always been that, that, you know, that passion I've always enjoyed, you know, I, you know, I, I always, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big, you can probably tell I'm a big sports fan. And for me, it's like, you know, I want to just be here. I want to talk about my favorite sports teams and about the world of broadcasting. So, like I said, you know, might as well have my own show and we can, and, and let's do it. Yeah. You know what, if you, uh, if you have a passion for something, you might as well go ahead and do it because you don't get a chance to do it for very long. And uh, it's no different than playing the game, uh, playing the game I love. You know, playing hockey for me was uh, unbelievable. And uh, when it's over, you kind of sit back and go, uh, what do I do now? So, you know what, you might as well stay in it and enjoy it. Describe your time playing in the, in the OHL. Did you play in the OHL and NHL or just the OHL? I played in both. Okay, so can you describe for us, please, describe uh, your time playing uh, in, uh, let, let's start with the OHL and then we'll uh, get into the NHL, please. Uh, you know what, my, my time in the OHL was, uh, was fantastic. I moved here when I was pretty young. Uh, what was it very... like as an athlete? Keep going, go ahead. Uh, you know, it, when you move here, you're, I was 16 years old and uh, you leave the comforts of home and mom and dad and your brother and your sister are sitting there and you move away to join this team that, uh, you know, you know, pretty much no one on. And, uh, 
all of a sudden they're your best friends and uh it, it's pretty surreal it's it's one of those experiences i get the chance to play four years here in kitchener i left here when i was 19 going on 20 and uh joined the minnesota north stars organization and uh you know my time in kitchener is very i i look back at it very fondly of all the people i've met uh, the experiences i had uh playing in the memorial cup uh so many things i got to experience uh you know, I had the same coach for four years and Joe McDonnell, who was, uh, you know, one of those guys, as long as you played, didn't bother you and you let you be. So he was uh, quite the player's coach as long as you were working at it. Yeah, so it seems like, so it, it really sounds like then you um, had a, a really um, uh, good career there in the in the OHL. Now, what about when it came to, in the and the NHL. So like what about when it came now this is something that I've always kind of um been been well wondered why is it or that like after say why is it that players are they always seem to like be why are they so not like a like like why is it that they don't like to take questions from the media like if we kind of circle to um i don't know but you might remember earlier this season and we're, we're gonna put, put a put a little uh put a little jay's reference here you might remember and um that uh i mean alec Benoit has a few he's had a few bad outings okay yeah it hasn't been a very good year for him so far no but remember he had a bad outing and he was kind of like, and he wasn't very, he was, he wasn't very friendly with the media after that, after one of his outings. So like, why is it that, that, uh, that they're, that athlete, that players are, why is it that they don't like to take questions from the media at, and, um, you know, especially after a bad outing? Um, well, it just goes to show you how ultra competitive these guys are. Uh, these guys are elite athletes to play in the NHL, to play in the MLB, this guy's an elite athlete. So for a guy like Alec Manoa, he wants to be at his best at all times. So if he goes out there and has a bad outing, you know, you feel like you've let your team down. The last thing you want to do is sit there and take questions from someone right after the game, you know, when you don't have time to unwind and think about it and get, get it out of your head. You know, it, it's a tough thing to do to just brush it aside and say, okay, tomorrow's another day, especially being a starting pitcher like Alec Manoa is. You know, you only pitch every five days, and if you have a bad outing, you got four more days to think about it and to prepare for the next one. But you know, if you feel like you've let your team down, and you know, and there's been times this year where Manoa's done that when the Jays have struggled a little bit, you know. So it's a tough situation there. Uh, you know, the last thing uh, you know you want to do sometimes is answer questions right after you've had a bad night, and. Uh, it seems to be always the time that uh, the reporters come looking for you after you've had a bad game. So it's one of those things that, you know, it, it's not because you're unapproachable. It's because of the situation and what you just went through out there in, in the heat of the moment, in the heat of battle. And, uh, you know, that's the way I look at it. Uh, you know, it took me a good half hour to 45 minutes to unwind after almost every game I played because you get so worked up and you're so ready to play and you go through it and you got 60 minutes of adrenaline pumping through you. And then all of a sudden, you know, someone's asking you, well, how come you let in this bad goal? Well, 
I didn't mean to let in the bad goal, but sometimes they happen, right? So it, it's one of those things. Sometimes uh, the questions aren't exactly what you want to hear at that time. But see, the media, but, but see, the media, though, is in a sense, though, we as media members, like they're are doing sort of the like they're they're doing their job in a sense. But I think in a way, is it not fair to say that athletes are they they have to understand that when they're out there, that they have to take the questions from the media because media is obviously wanting to put a perspective into this. Now, see, see, I say I'm covering say. Like or or say we are covering say the Jays here, and when we cover, we want to know what was said. So we're going to listen to whatever we can, either Blue Jays talk or whatever we can, to find information, right? Just to hear what was said. But is that something that just doesn't go through their heads at that time? Uh, you know what? I've been on both sides of it, so I understand the athlete side of it, but I also understand the media side of it. You have to get your story. You have to ask your questions, and you have to be there for that. So I, I've been fortunate enough to be on both sides of it. Uh, I'll tell you, as an athlete, some days the last thing you want to do is talk about a bad game or talk about a bad outing or anything like that. You know, sometimes, yeah, you don't have time to process before you go out there and you speak to someone. So it, it's a tough situation too. And you know, I actually I think uh, you know. I watched uh, Matthew Kachuk last night or two nights ago on the TNT broadcast during the basketball game. And, you know, I was sitting there thinking, what a great job he did. And, you know, it, like it goes to show you how approachable these guys are. And, you know, but there's a guy who's in a good situation, right? His team's going to the Stanley Cup finals. They're on cloud nine right now. They're riding high. Easy to go talk about the game after when you're in a good situation, right? When things aren't going so well, sometimes it's tough to go out there and be positive and uh, try to speak your mind to uh, the media questions at times. So in a sense, so it's one of those things where then they are kind of just taking it like they, they you don't have time to think basically in that moment there. Oh, absolutely not. You know especially now the way the, you know, you watch the Stanley cup games and they go to commercial and next thing you know, you got two guys in the media room answering questions. It's great. If you're on the winning team, it's not so great if you're on the losing team and you have to sit there and answer questions after a tough outing, especially in the, in the pressure that these guys are in, you know, you know, you look at the, you know, you look at a goalie all compared to a goalie. Cause I was a goalie, but I look at Jake Ottinger in uh, Dallas, you know, has a bad game in game three, gets pulled after seven minutes, gives up three goals. You know, fortunately for him, he's got two periods plus to unwind and think about it before he has to go face questions. You know, but if you give up a stinker or some a bad goal in overtime and you got to go out there within like 10, 15 minutes and answer questions, you know, your head's still processing and your brain's still processing what happens out on the ice. So it's a totally different mindset you know, depending on uh, every situation's differently. Yeah. And uh, let's, uh, let's uh, talk. I want to chat a little bit here with you about the, um, uh, about 
the Leafs here a little bit. I want to chat a little bit of Leafs and um, your thoughts on what on what went on what went down first. Starting with that game five, first starting with that game five loss to the Panthers, and then moving into um, Kyle Dubas's press conference, and then how all that went down. Well, I, I think if you look at the game five loss, I think you have to look at the whole series as a whole. You know, you lose a couple of games in overtime. Uh, you're right there with it. Uh, and really, you're playing you, – you went into Florida, played pretty good. You played them at home, played pretty good, but you still weren't able to find a way to win a game until game four when, uh, you know, you squeak one out. And then next thing you know, you're hoping for game five at home. And uh, things kind of go sideways on you. But, you know, you went in there. You don't have a number one goalie. You're going in there against probably the hottest goalie in the NHL right now. And, uh, you know, he's he's done it to Carolina. He's done it to Toronto. And he did it to Boston. So those were probably the three of the four top teams in the Eastern Conference this year. So for what uh, Bob Roski has done so far this year in the playoffs for Florida has been uh, rather spectacular. And, and in the fashion, he's done it. So it's tough to say, you know, and I know Rod Brindamore tried to spin a positive fact on it when uh, Carolina got knocked out and, you know, we didn't really get swept. Uh, well, you lost four in a row, but yeah, they were all tight. They were all overtime and they all could have gone either way, but you lost. And uh, the, at the end of the day, that's the bottom line. You lose the games and uh, no one remembers that all the games were close or you lost three out of four in overtime. So that's a tough situation, but, uh, you know, as far as the Leafs, you got to look, we're one of the top eight teams in the NHL this year. You made it to the semi or to the quarterfinals of the NHL. Uh, they got over that hump of getting through the first round. So, you know, there's a lot of positives in what they did this year, but of course it's Toronto. So we like to dwell on the negatives here and, uh, we like to look at all the negative stuff and we look at everything negatively in the media. We look at, it's just it's just the nature of the beast. Toronto, you know, sometimes I, I pity those guys. And, you know, as much as I would have loved to have played in Toronto because it's my hometown, I don't know if my uh, brain could have taken it, especially in today's media age with uh, Twitter and Instagram and everything else that goes on. It's got to be tough on these guys. Okay, but then now how do you then, but then how then do we, how do we balance it then? How do, how do we balance, say, athletes versus, say, being on, say, athletes and social media and media? Like, how do, how do we end podcasting? How, how do we balance all of it? There is no balance. It's passion. This is what people want. This is, people love this stuff. It's, it's good. It's not, it's not a negative thing. Like, I'm not trying to spin it as a negative thing. I'm just saying this would be a very tough city to play in because, you know, I'll give you an example. When I played in Dallas, you come out of the game, you come out, we're in the middle of the playoffs, and you come out for a media scrum, and there's probably like seven, eight guys there, maybe ten reporters at max, and half of them are from the visiting team. You know, there's not a lot of coverage there. There's not a lot of, you know, you're not under the microscope at all. You come out for a media scrum in Toronto and I played, you know, I got a chance to play one game in Toronto and you come out for a media yeah. scrum after the game and there's like 30 reporters outside. 
you know, between between all the major broadcasting partners in the city of Toronto, you look at the three major newspapers and you look at all the other small papers or anything else or the hockey news, they're all based right there out of Toronto. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the hub of the, you know, playing in Toronto is there, there's not any other place in the NHL like it to play in. And uh, it's, it's tough and it's, you got to be very strong and you got to be, uh, very willing to turn off the Instagram, turn off Facebook, turn off whatever you want, turn off your Twitter and just kind of try to focus on your hockey and don't read into things. And that's a tough thing to do in today's media age. Yeah. So turn off the so turn off the Twitter notifications, which is kind of tough to do in today's day. Yeah, I know. Uh, so were you sort like what what are your thoughts like on the whole on how the whole uh, Dubas thing went down? Or were you at all surprised at how it went down? Well, you know, when you really look at it, do the Leafs need a change? Yeah, probably. You know, you probably need a change somewhere, right? You can't get over that hump of the first or second round, and you've got your team built around four key guys. Um, you know, for me, the big problem is in Toronto, as much as people don't want to admit it, you can build your team around four guys, but you don't have that one backstop in the net right now. And Sam Sonoff played well for them in the playoffs. I thought he played great against Tampa Bay, but he goes down. You know, you've, you've got no Matt Murray. He's been hurt most of the year. You know, you got a, uh, Joseph Wall, who's a young goaltender, who's going to be a very good goaltender, but, you know, Unproven guys, uh, you know, I think the remarkable ones for me this year is Vegas, who've done it with five different goalies in the net. And you look at, they've gotten contributions from everyone, from Laurent Brossois to Aiden Hill to uh, Logan Thompson. They've done it all this year. They've had five different goalies. I, th I think it's been five different goalies start for them this year. So, you know, that is incredible that they're in the position they are. These guys have all answered the bell, but, uh, you know, Bruce Wagg get a turt in the second round and Aiden Hill jumps in and he's playing fantastic for him right now. So, you know, they're looking to close out uh, Pete DeBoer and Steve Spott and the Dallas Stars tonight. But, uh, you know, my heart's in Dallas with Pete and uh, Steve. So I'm hoping to see this series extended to seven tonight. Yeah, and uh, former uh, Kitchen Rangers uh, coaches as well, Pete and Steve. Yeah, good friends of mine. Uh, all three of our boys played spring hockey together here, and uh, Steve's son and my son played uh, up until Pee Wee together in Waterloo before Steve took the job in Toronto and uh, moved his son Tyler down to Toronto, and uh, he just graduated from Northeastern. A uh, great kid, and Pete DeBoer's got two great boys in Maddie and uh, and uh, Jack uh, over there, and uh, both great kids that, uh, you know, you, you like to see them do well and have success. So uh, for me, I'm cheering for those guys just because uh, uh, not only are they uh, great hockey coaches, but uh, even better people. You know what? You know something, Mike? I'll be honest with you. You know what? When I heard that they were, that Pete DeBoer was the, is the um, coach of the stars. Initially I was, and I found that out actually, just as I was just, cause I, I like to listen to the audio of the, uh, of the, of the games, right? So I was listening to the uh, the Stars broadcast and um, 
And uh, I, and it was great that, you know, um, you know, I, I automatically just began to, you know, you know, you know, I'm a, you know, because I remember their time as um, as part of the Kitchener Rangers. And and I do remember back in 2003 when the Rangers won that Memorial Cup and they were the ones that were there that led them to it. Yeah. You know, they were brought in to do a job and they did it and they did it uh, very well when they came over from, um, uh, where were they in Plymouth? I think it was. And they came over to uh, Kitchener, the both of them. Uh, you know, I've known Steve Spot and Pete DeBoer since I was 16 years old. Pete's, uh, Steve Spot and I worked together at a hockey school in Toronto. So I've met, I met Steve Spot. I was 16 years old and, uh, you know, it was one of those uh, great experiences that uh, we worked together during the day. And then after the day, most of us worked there because of the great skates we had. We had guys like Adam Grays, Nick Kiprios, uh, Steve Spot, Pete DeBoer, uh, Craig Woodcroft, all these guys, we all skated together afterwards, Eric Lindros, Drake Berhowski. So we had uh, great skates down there. And that was more the reason we worked. It wasn't so much for the money, but it was actually for the skates afterwards because uh, it, it was well worth it. And uh, it was a great two to three weeks that we worked together and we got to skate together every day at Seneca College in Toronto. So do they, so do they still make their, just on that, on that, do, do, do uh, Pete and Steve still make their home in, uh, in, in Ontario? Uh, right now, I think they're in Dallas. I think, well, right uh, now they would during the off season. During the off season, I know they both cottage up uh, up northern Ontario way. So, uh, so they're uh, they're always around, and uh, you know they spend a lot of time here. And I know Pete's uh, Pete's son uh, Jack has taken over Joey Hitchens Hockey School in Stratford, and he does a lot of training with a lot of pro guys. Uh, so he does a very good job with that, and uh, so they've. Uh, they stayed fairly local around here, but, uh, you know, Pete's a guy who's from uh, just outside the London area and Steve's a Toronto guy who I actually mm. went to high school with for a year in Toronto when I was in ninth grade and he was playing junior B in Toronto. So, you know, both great guys and uh, two guys I have a ton of respect for. Absolutely. And um, I, uh, yeah, in that's it, you know, and then there were a lot of, uh, yeah, no, that, that, those were uh, good times. What are your, what are your thoughts? What were your thoughts on the current Kitchener Rangers team this year? You know, they're just uh, a ton of talent, a ton of talent. Uh, they got some good goaltending down the stretch from Marco Constantini, you know, good enough to beat Windsor in the first round. Uh, London was a heck of a team that they, uh, you know, they struggled with all year, but uh, uh, just there just seemed to be something missing. There was a little bit of something missing there. I thought uh, I really expected much more out of them, but for them to finish in eighth place and have to go play the first round against the top top seed in the conference, you know, was uh, kind of a tough pill to swallow. I thought they were going to be better. I thought uh, I was hoping for more and uh, just didn't see enough of it during the year. And, uh, I hate to say, you know, with uh, them changing over with Chris Dennis and everything else and Mike McKenzie coming back and going back behind the bench, I hate to say it, but it, it almost seemed like they played with a little bit of a 
a little lack of passion at times this year. And you could see when they did play with that passion, how successful they were in the playoffs against a team like Windsor. You know, they played with passion. They played with a little desire and uh, they made things happen. So, you know, you got to, you got to play with passion every night, especially come playoff time. So do you feel so um, that when Chris Dennis was behind the bench there as the head coach, that they were not, that they were not playing to their, that they were not playing their best? Because it seemed to me that when Mike McKenzie came, you know, took over again and the acquisitions that he made, things started to get, things became better for them. He had a better record. Yeah, definitely he did. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes it's hard to come in as a new coach, like Chris did at the beginning of the year. You got to instill your system. You got to get these guys to buy in. And it just didn't look like he got the buy-in from the guys he needed to. And, you know, and sometimes when you make that coaching change, it just puts a little jump in your step. You know, something's going to be different. Maybe there's going to be an opportunity for a guy who didn't, Maybe he didn't get a chance on the power play. Maybe he's going to get a chance on the power play now. So it's uh, it's one of those things that uh, it's a double-edged sword. You look at it either way and uh, take it for what it is. But, uh, you know, when you when you don't get that opportunity and then you all of a sudden you think, oh, I might get that opportunity, it breathes a little new life into you, right? So uh, sometimes it's easy to come in as that other coach come in after the fact and uh, take over a team rather than to start the year and try to get everyone to buy into something new. What was the reason in your mind that that change happened so soon? Because Chris Dennis was Mike's guy. Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't think it happened soon enough. Uh, you know, this is a team that really didn't buy in, didn't, uh, didn't play up to its potential under Chris. And, you know, it's not a knock on Chris or his coaching ability. Uh, maybe it's just a knock on, uh, you know, you need, you know, for, for me, if you're going into a team and you're trying to get these guys to buy into your system, uh, the most important guys are your key guys. You know, you got to get a Francesco Pinelli. You got to get these guys uh, uh, to buy into your system and understand what you want them to do. And, you know, you want them to be preaching what you're trying to teach. And I don't think there was any buy-in from a lot of guys on this team until they knew that, uh, oh, we got the GM now stepping in. And uh, he's he kind of holds my cards in uh, his hands, especially for next year. So, you know, so it's uh, it it's one of those situations. Where you talk about why did it take so long. I thought it wasn't soon enough. I think uh, it should have happened sooner because – you know, for a team as good as they were, they sure weren't playing that way. But see, now the other thing is, then it was announced that he was stepping down as head coach. Then he was he was hired. He hired Chris, and then he came back in and became the coach. Do you think it was a case that Mike did not want to be the, the head coach anymore? But it seemed that he was forced into it again, and he's probably going to be doing it again next year, too. Well, you know what? Sometimes you have to look at where your success lies, right? Um, you know, as as much as uh, Mike McKenzie made some really shrewd moves to bring in some guys and, you know, who I thought 
should have been a lot better and they could have been a lot better, but you have to look at it now. How many of those guys are you going to lose next year? What have you got left in the tank for next year? So it's going to be a tough year for the Rangers, I think. And uh, you're really going to need some guys to step up. And, you know, a lot of things didn't work out for them early on, you know, with Jackson Parsons going down early with injury, you know, you, you have a big hole there. They go out and they fill it with a guy from Hamilton and Marco Constantini who played very well for them. But uh, now all of a sudden, now we've got an older team. Now my number one goalie who's coming back from an injury hasn't played in over a year. I've got to, I've got to rebuild this team and, you know, hopefully they uh, get a little lightning in the bottle and they have some guys that uh, step up who uh, really want to take control of this team and uh, make it their own and make it their team and really step up and do that. So Here's hoping that the Rangers have a good year. I know uh, that's where my heart lies. I've, I've been a Ranger. I played here for four years. I broadcasted for, I guess it was about seven or eight years for the Rangers. So, you know, this is uh, my heart lies here. And uh, I'd love to see them have success. And I'd love to see the city excited about a good Ranger team. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. You know, I mean, as a fan, you know, I... You know, I, I, you know, I, I, I live in Cambridge, of course, and listening to, you see, I became a fan by listening to the broadcast, right? I beat, that's how I became a, um, a fan. And for me, I, I totally, you know, liked and like that. And I think that certainly I'd love to see them have a bit more success to this uh, in the upcoming year. Yeah. You know, he did acquire a lot of overagers. He, the, you know, he, he, uh, or Curry and some of the others that, that he got at, in December there. Um, yeah. He, he acquired a lot of guys in Zilkin, or Curry, uh, Constantini, a lot of guys that aren't going to be back. And then you lose other guys like Pinelli. And these guys, all of a sudden, you got a lot of holes you got to fill. And, uh, you know, they had a great draft this year. This Luca Romano kid, or uh, the Romano kid from uh, North York, from uh, Junior Canadians, is a great player. And uh, uh, the Re Cameron Reed, uh, I think, was their second pick, who was defenseman from Bishop Kearney, another very good player. So, you know, th they did a good job in the draft. And, uh, you know, these guys are still 16, and they got to come in and uh, – learn learn the league and uh, get comfortable in the league so the sooner they get that and the sooner they do that uh, the better off the rangers will be yeah and you expect mike mike mckenzie will hold both rules next year yeah you know what <laughs> i think he stepped down from that because it was a tough situation to be a coach and a gm uh, you know you kind of i hate to say it but you have to talk out of both sides of your mouth you have mm -hmm. to get these guys to you. You have to get these guys to buy into your system, and you have to get these guys to believe in you. Yet, you're the guy who controls their fate because at any given time, unless there's no move clause or anything else like there is for the first rounders, uh, you know you could be traded at any time. And uh, you know you want to prove that you're you're a great team guy. You want to be here, and uh, you know there there's no better place in the OHL to play than Kitchener, you know, the way you get treated, the people involved, uh, you know, the, the facility, uh, like they have better, they have a better dressing room than most NHL teams had that I played on. So 
the facilities here are second to none. They're world-class, especially for a junior team. So, you know, you walk into that Ranger dressing room and you count your blessings that uh, you're not playing in uh, somewhere like Owen Sound or, or something like that. Not a knock on Owen Sound because it's a great hockey town. But, uh, you know, you look at the facilities and you compare the situations between Owen Sound and Kitchener, and there really is no comparison. Yes, uh, and you know that, that's uh, that's um, you know yeah, it'll be interesting to see what um, what happens next year. I want to wrap up here by chatting some Jays, if that works for you. Um, oh, absolutely, it's my passion. Oh, Jays! Uh, oh, okay, you're a Jays and a Raptor fan too. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a big Toronto. I'm a Toronto sports guy. I grew up in Toronto. Uh, Love the Jays. Uh, good friend of mine is. Uh, a guy I played baseball with is the bullpen catcher for the Jays. So, you know, any chance I cheer for the Jays, I love, I love ball. And uh, I'm excited to get down to see a game at the, uh, the new Sky Dome or the new Rogers Center, as they call it. So I'm yeah. excited to get down there. Yeah, before, we, like, do you have, before I get to the Jays, though, but do you have any thoughts on, say, um, the uh, sports media landscape in Canada today, specifically Toronto. So when it comes to sports, let's let's go specifically sports radio in Toronto. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan. Five ninety guy. I love yeah, do you have thoughts on how it sounds? To now, of course, as you might remember, you probably I had Brent Gunning in here. Uh, oh. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, you know. It, obviously, there's been a lot of changes down there. You know. Uh, you, I think of the guys, I used to love Bob McCowan and uh, his show in the afternoon. And obviously, you know, uh, Rogers Media went through a bunch of changes, uh, not only on the TV side of it, but on the radio side of it. And a lot of these guys uh, ended up out of work, uh, you know, but uh, they were so good. Guys like Kiprios and Bob McCowan uh, that have gone on to do podcasts. Yeah, Kiprios is back, though. Yeah, he's back on now, but you know, he, he had a hiatus there about three or four years that, uh, he, you know, he was a guy I loved watching on, uh, on Sportsnet's uh, coverage of hockey. And uh, I thought he did a great job. And, uh, you know, he, he's one of those guys and uh, he tells it like it is. And I'm old school. I like it. I like hearing it like it is. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think <laughs> the media is too sugar-coated right now. Uh, everyone uh, is trying to be nice to everyone out there. And uh, it's, uh, it's one of those things that uh, it drives me, it drives me nuts. Uh, you used to watch, I, I used to watch, I grew up watching Don Cherry and Hockey Night in Canada and Dave Hodge and Brian McLean and Ron McLean and Brian Williams and all these guys on Hockey Night in Canada. So uh, it, it is what it is now. Everyone's, uh, I, it's a little bit too nice for me. Uh, if a guy sucks, tell him he sucks. I'm okay with that. You know what? If, if I'm terrible, tell me I'm terrible. I can live with that. But, uh, you know, it's just, uh, the media just, uh, they're kind of handcuffed too with all the changes and everything else that's gone on in the sports world. So, you know, I, I'm glad the Jays brought Dan Schulman back. Cause I love listening to him. I think he's got one of the best voices on the radio. So 
he's one of my favorites. So I loved him and doing college basketball. I used to love watching the Duke games on Saturday. And Ben Wagner, what are your thoughts on Ben Wagner? Uh, Ben Wagner's done a good job. I like the way he stepped in. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously I grew up watching or listening, you know, because, uh, Back in my day, not every game was on TV like it is nowadays. But, uh, you know, I grew up listening to Tom Cheek and uh, <laughs> and uh, the guys down there in Toronto. So, you know, oh, I, Jerry I, Howard, Jerry Howard, Tom Cheek. Jeez, I remember when Fergie Oliver was doing games on friggin on TV for the Jays. So that's a long time ago. So I'm dating myself now. But, uh, uh, you know, I love the radio. I, you know, I would listen to every Jays game in the car with my dad. And every time we were driving, uh, we always had the Jays on or we always had the Leafs on listening to the games. Oh, shout out to Joe Bowen. Shout out to Ben Wagner here, Ben. They might be listening to this show too. <laughs> uh, Joe Bowen's one of the best. Uh, oh, yeah. And Jim really Ralph. Sure. Jim Ralph. Uh, Jimmy is. Jimmy's a friend of mine that uh, I met a while ago, and uh, there aren't many better guys in the game than Jimmy Ralph. Uh, super nice guy, and obviously, if you can't tell, one of the funniest individuals you'll ever meet. So, uh, you know, he's one of those guys. Uh, he's he's great on the radio, but he's even better if he's emceeing an event or something. You get guys like uh, you get guys like him or. Uh, uh, guys like that and they MC events and you just sit there and you could listen to them for hours and they're awesome. So, you know, Jimmy Ralph is uh, one of my all time favorite people in the world. So he's a great individual and even funnier person. Yeah. And yeah. And, and they've got, uh, and uh, of course, and they've got uh, Ben Schulman doing some, another friend of this show doing some stuff too. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I, I really enjoy the broadcast down there. So I, I listen to any chance I get when I'm in the car and I'm driving home from my son's games or from wherever I am. First mm-hmm. thing I want to do is flip on the Jays or flip on the Leafs and uh, listen to the games. I really enjoy it. Uh, you know, Joe Bowen, uh, my son actually played with his son in uh, for a little while in uh, the OJHL in Toronto and uh, you know, he's a super nice kid, played some time in Sudbury. So it's nice to see kids like that have success. And, uh, you know, he's a very, uh, very likable man on the radio. And, uh, you know, if people want to say uh, Farwell's a homer, they should listen to Joe Bowen do a broadcast for the Leafs. <laughs> oh, and <laughs> now Farwell does a really good job to a play by play. Uh I have all the time in the world for Mike Farwell. Uh, he's a guy I I didn't know until we did TV together, and uh, I consider him a very, uh, very good dear friend. And, and he's uh, a podcaster, too. Uh, you know what? On the podcast, he does a great job with the OHL Stories podcast. He does a great job yep. on the OHL podcast. He, um, yep. Um, he, um, yeah, you know, he, and you know what? He knows, and you know what? The guy knows his stuff. Well, you, you know what? All you gotta do is listen to his radio show one day in the afternoon and tell me this isn't the guy who's passionate about the city. Lives the Mike Farwell show. Yeah, he, he's passionate about everything he does. You look at the work he does with cystic fibrosis. Oh, yeah. And, and everything with the Farwell for hire and everything else. And, you know, if, if you're going to tell me 
you know, there's, there's something wrong with that man. Then there's something wrong with you because there is no one more passionate about anything he puts his mind to, or he steps into. And, uh, although I, I have nothing but good to say about Mike Farwell and, uh, you know, I, I don't think I could say a bad word about the guy. I absolutely, uh, absolutely love the guy. And, uh, you know, if he asked me to do anything for him right now, I'd do it. Just uh, a great human being. Yeah. Right. See, like that's the thing. He knows his stuff, you know, and, 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 and willing, and he's willing to learn, you know what I mean? That's the other thing. And that's the other key thing too. Well, you know what? He started out in Guelph doing Guelph storm games on Rogers mm -hmm. TV. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, being that guy asking the questions between the benches and everything else. And, uh, he's grown from there. And, uh, you know, I know he's, uh, he's a big Don Cameron fan and, uh, Don Cameron was a guy he admired. And, uh, I got to ride the buses with Don Cameron for four years. And, uh, I'll tell you, there's, uh, no better person to learn from and to sit with on the bus and just talk hockey with because Don Cameron was, uh, an absolute uh, beautiful human being. See, a lot has changed since then, too, right? Oh, like, absolutely. The big thing is the technology, right? Wow. That's that, that's the big thing that has that has clearly changed it. Now, see, wow. for me, I mean, see, for me, I don't know what it was like um, before the internet, right? So you can go before the internet. You can go before. Before we had podcasts and uh, MP3 players and everything else, you go right down the line. I think my first interview I did with Don Cameron was on a regular size tape recorder in the, in the arena in uh, Kitchener. And uh, that was my first interview with Don Cameron on a tape on a regular cassette tape recorder with a little microphone. And uh, so you think it was on a cassette tape. I guess I could have only dated myself by saying it was on an eight track or something like that, but it was, uh, you know, it was quite the experience and, you know, even cutting video for coaches. Now everything is right there at your fingertips to cut video, to break down games. And back then you had to grab a copy of the VHS tape and break it down and stop and start and record and cut clips. It is a lot easier and uh, a lot easier and way more accessible for these guys right now than it has ever been before in time. And yeah, and uh, what are your thoughts? You want to, and we'll wrap up here by saying, what are what are your thoughts on the Jays so far? What do you what do you think that they had that slump against Tampa, and then they uh, took two out of three from the Twins? And um, your thought your uh, thoughts there? And then there are people calling for John Schneider to be fired. I, I mean, I don't think we're there. That will happen. <laughs> You know what? It's it's Toronto, man. As soon as you go, you lose a couple of games in a row. Everyone should get fired, right? Uh, that, I think that's comical. I think John Schneider's done a great job with that team. Uh, you know, to get into the playoffs after the start they had last year, and everything else, I think is uh, is a credit to John Schneider and how much the guys like him. Uh, you know, I think there's just a few guys who are just trying to do a little too much right now. You know, you got. You know, the Jays are going to have success. They're, they're not built on the, the long ball like they were the last few years or 
when they were winning when they were winning division in 2015 everything was about the home run and you know you had Bautista or you had Donaldson and you had the big home runs with uh, Encarnacion and they were built on the home run this team's built more on the small ball and right now you got guys trying to you know I, I watch a guy like Vladdy Guerrero just trying to do a little too much instead of playing the small ball being a little better situational you know he's got a He's got a guy standing on third base with one out and he's up and you got first and third and you're swinging for the fence with two strikes instead of putting the bat on the ball, trying to get a fly ball and, uh, you know, producing that run. He's just uh, trying to do too much. Uh, maybe a Dalton Varsho, same thing, trying to do a little too much. Maybe he's trying to do it to impress. But, you know, then you look at other guys that have stepped right in. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer might look like one of the best signings of the year just the way he's stepped into the lineup and, you know, Chris Bassett's pitched great for them. Uh, Swanson's been really good out of the bullpen for them. So, you know, there, there's a lot of positives. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, the bottom line is you play in the toughest division in baseball. You know, you've got, you've got five teams in your division. All five teams are above 500 and you have the Tampa Bay Rays. You started off like gangbusters and, you know, could, probably run away with the division if uh if, if things go their way you know you really look at their schedule they don't have the yankees or red sox or the jays again till august september so tough to make up games when you don't get to play head to head and uh with the new balance schedule this year it should be interesting to see uh how things pan out for a lot of teams and of course the pitch clock too well the pitch clock is something different i you know i, I actually for the Jays, I think, uh, you know, I think they've had seven, six or seven shutouts already this year. So they've, they've shown spurts of being able to pitch really well. And they've, when they have good starting pitching, uh, it seems like they don't hit. And when they're hitting, it seems like they don't have good starting pitching. You know, you, you lose games where you score seven runs and you give up nine. And then you win games, you're not winning the games, your pitchers pitch great and you guys, and you can't hit your way. You know, you, you leave 10, 12 guys on base and don't score those situational runs and you're getting good pitching performances. So it's been, it's been a matter of, uh, for them, for me, it's, uh, I'd like to see them put it all together at once uh, to get that good hitting, to get that situational hitting, to get good pitching. And, you know, I think, uh, I think there's way too much season in, in left to write them off, but uh, you know, they're, they're going to have to start doing the little things. And, you know, they talked about wanting to be better at the little things and that's why they brought in a guy like Varsho to be a better defensive team. And uh, they brought in a guy like him. They brought in a Kiermaier to be stronger in the outfield to save the runs. And they've done that. Problem is it's, it's the other little things, too many base running errors, too many little things that, costing them and uh you know you got to be smart and uh you got to play good baseball good sound fundamental baseball and right now i just don't feel they are you know and and when they do it looks really good but uh they just got to be consistent with it and it will be interesting to see how the season goes and uh, where can people uh, where can people contact you mike if they have any uh, questions for you they want to connect Oh, anywhere you can, uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on, uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, anywhere on Twitter. So, uh, I'm always on there and, uh, 
always checking my messages and uh you know it's been uh it's been fun and you know i work away so i i i have a great job right now i work for a great company so i'm uh, quite happy in my work so you know I, do i miss the uh broadcasting yeah but i still stay involved in hockey so i uh, i still stay involved so it's still fun for me uh what's uh, your uh, twitter handle at torchy 33 T-O-R-C-H-Y-3-3. And uh, yeah, any questions, any uh, comments, uh, you can reach me on there at all times. I know Farwell is always chirping me on there, so I get used to that. So anytime on there, I'm always on there. Yeah, and you can reach me at, uh, give, give me a follow on Twitter at A-T-O-M podcast 819 and uh, the email is atompodcast819 at gmail.com and http colon slash slash alleytechgroup.wordpress.com. Follow the All Over the Map Facebook page as well by searching All Over the Map Podcast. Mike, I really want to take this opportunity to thank you so much for joining me on All Over the Map. I really appreciate your time. Hey, anytime. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I hope we can have you back real soon. Anytime. I love talking sports. And we will come back and wrap the show up. You are listening to All Over the Map. Looking for sports content on the Bills, Blue Jays, Raptors, Argos, and more? Check out Sports for Beginners with me, Scott McGregor, where we will break down all of the action. To learn more, please follow the Sports for Beginners Facebook page. My thanks to Torch for joining us. Mike Torchia for joining me in the studio. We will come back with you on Thursday, June the 1st with Cam Jenkins. Until then, have a great week. And as we always remind you, that it is never goodbye. It is until next time. Thank you so much for listening to All Over the Map. If you have any questions or feedback, you can email me at atompodcast819 at gmail.com. That is... A as in alpha, T as in the, O as in over, M as in map, podcast, 819 at gmail.com. You can also feel free to visit our website to learn more about upcoming episodes at https colon slash slash alleytechgroup.wordpress.com slash podcast dash all dash over dash the dash map once again that is https colon slash slash ali tech group dot wordpress dot com slash podcast dash all dash over dash the dash map and it is not goodbye it is until next